Welcome, here we are. Next episode of the Smokies and Wine and Farmer Official Arbroath podcast. With me tonight, we have got the usual suspects. Farmer to my left. How are we doing, Farmer? Doing great. Loving life. I go on. Loving it. And Jamie to the right. And of course, there. special guest tonight, Mr. Barry Sellers. Woo! Good evening, gentlemen. The legend himself, Fermer. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Barry? Anyway, you okay? Yeah, good. Okay, really great good. to have you here. We'll really get good. to fans will know you a lot. A long-time player of the club, etc., etc. Uh, we'll get into a bit more of your career uh, as we as we go through the pod tonight. But uh, guys are still better. Always. I've never heard that before, Fermer. <laughs> no, I'm letting you hear the ma. I'm letting you hear the ma. <laughs> I'll Thankfully, he's not a big step. man. I know delivering his small footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a quick round up of the game since uh, since the last time we the uh, first one would have been the Partick game the league because we had the last pod we had was the cup game so then we had the 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 league game away at Partick uh, that was the, the home game Partick. the home game was oh, here that's right uh, we had that the home game here uh, I was up in the commentary booth that day I was having a wee a you wee guest start. stint with Scotty so went down amazing I heard well did I care <laughs> that was fine that was how fine did you, how did you go on with Doogie Donnelly <laughs> Easy, easy. I'm a professional. It was no problem. I got my orders and the job was done. Scotty dealt with one. When and went to speak and he gave me the nod. It was it was easy. Like yeah. you and Smith was rubbish compared to Scotty Strachan. <laughs> a big call. Fair to say there was nothing in it until the sending off. Aye, I think uh, I thought our bros were looking okay to start with. Some of the new signings was on was doing well uh, and. Scott Allen was doing quite well in the midfield. After the sending off, we kind of fell out of it again. Ten men, it's difficult. Again, a lot of the times with ten men, the other team can you can get on well, but we were we were up against it. Partick were a decent team. They were playing that ball superbly for the buck. Best I've seen our season playing the ball out for the buck. Uh, Dickie, if you watched it, I know Barry, but they, I thought they were really good. Uh, sending off, in my opinion, I'm not here to. Moment of madness. Oh, definitely. Two moments of madness. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, it was no doubt it was a red card. I actually thought the first challenge could have been a red card due to the far side. But listen, it's done. These things happen. Uh, we got beat 2-0. Uh, in fairness, though, Partick had some goal. Uh, great, great goal. Uh, so, kind of, as I think it was a boy, Lawless, I thought he had a great game. Uh, and it was good. And then, uh, then the next game was off due to... Obviously. Uh, what, what happened? Why was it off? I can't mind. Eh, well, we just get it out now. Get them, get the, get the elephant in the room. So we had to postpone the game because of the Queen's death. So the Queen died, did she? No, they kept it. They kept it. Well, I'm going to be respectful. You're obviously an ailing, but the Queen died, so we gave it off. I haven't seen anything in the news. And judging by social media, it's just as well it was off because there was an awful lot of folk couldn't. It? Control their emotions and nah, a minute silence or uh, a clap, whatever, like you can. There was so much good much. To be fair, there were some bad cracks at some of the games. Ah, no, why? I heard I was listening to actually Dick and you said the United United's uh, Rangers was pretty bad. I like, heard that, yeah. yeah. The Celtic one was ridiculous. Nah. I'll just say it. It was, it was awful. If you, <laughs> if you want to show respect, just be quiet. I think that's what happens. So, like we were saying in social media, fortunately, you've nothing get to say, don't yeah. speak. Yeah. That'll be me now, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Red game, when's that? But it's that's October the 19th. Uh, Rearranged. I, I, I haven't seen that to be fair. Like I'm not saying, but that'll be a midweek. But it, ah, luckily, so luckily, October the 19th. luckily, we're at home, so it's not a big travel for us doing to there. So it'll no be for a fan, it's not that bad. For the players, it's midweek, it's up here. So 
probably near the best thing that could happen. You just pointed a barrier when you said for the players. That's a long time ago. He's got some memory. <laughs> uh, I've got memories of you, Barry. They're good each. They're good each. And then the first three points on the board. Morton. Oh, what a day that was. What a day. Uh, we were fantastic. Morton weren't great. Let's not kid ourselves. But you can only play what you're up in front of. And I thought, as a team, we played great. We had heart. We had dig. Dale Hilson. What a game. Ah, he did a good He game. just was fantastic. Like, uh, I thought he was great. Scotty Stewart, for me, was my man of the match. I thought he, he was in there great. I thought he was brilliant. I thought uh, Oakley. Eh? I thought Oakley. I, well, he got the task, he got the task uh, man of the match award. I mean, I, I saw the results coming in. Came from the board. He was texting in and that. I just as I didn't put him voting. And spoil the boys' record, so he'd, I think he, I think he would have had about hundred percent of the votes. But he was, he was good. He's got a thing you're looking for in a player for me anyway. Barry will maybe tell a wee bit more, but he's got that. He's got pace. Uh, he seems to know where to put the ball, and he's got a great pass. I mean, that delivery he did for for the first goal was just brilliant. Uh, and he's got a bit of cheekiness about him. He's no fear to how we play with the players and and then about and rattle them. So. For me, that's what I'm needing a player like. You seen much of him, Barry? No, no. To be fair, I've not. I've seen the highlights from Saturday's game there, <coughs> um, and to be fair, he looks apart. He looks apart. Um, you know, you didn't get to the level he's gotten to down the road there. If you're not, uh, if you've not got something about you, he's, he's played in the first team and, and whatnot. He's been there and thereabouts. But certainly, the delivery for the first goal, even Hilly couldn't have missed. So. <laughs> Thought you might laugh at that. <laughs> no, it was it was a, it was a, it was an exceptional delivery, um, and it was a great start. As a as a player, when you've been going through a, a bad run and you get that that first one on the board, how much of a confidence booster will that give the team? Oh, the team! Oh, massive, massive for the team. Um, I, I think it's just it's just going to it's going to be it was always going to be an exceptionally difficult start this season because the levels have got to last season. Because in fairness. The Aussie supporters of Arbor Football Club now never ran our wildest dreams that, that we think, and I say that we because I'm a huge supporter, you'd be within 10 minutes of potentially being in the Premier League. So, coming out of last season into this season was always going to be difficult, but you're absolutely right. The sooner you get your first three points on the board, it's it's like a huge. We've spoken about the new players trying to get into the team and sort of gel, so that's starting to kick in as well. Yeah. Uh, it's in the, Sam's already said that we've all got we've all got a different viewpoint of, of how we look at it, different players and supporters and fans and whatever else. But for me, for me, the obvious um, difference this year is that the managers, the gaffers, had a pretty consistent team. The core of the team has been consistent for for three, four, five years. I mean, the back five has picked itself. I mean, some some of them have not missed a single game. Yeah, but but this season, obviously, there's a little bit of change. Which is completely common in football. Yeah. But the gaffer's I'm gonna say he's been lucky because he's not lucky, he's exceptionally good. But you know, Jason, Ricky, Tam, and Hammy and, and Gas and Goal. I mean, anyone in, in the world could could have picked our most back five for the last two years, so but this year is just a little bit of evolution. So coming off the back of last year's exceptional standards and then having a little bit of evolution in the playing squad. And there's no surprises for any other team about our both this year. It's always going to be a little bit more difficult, you know. And then tiny little circumstances like you've got a couple of red cards and out of nothing, yeah, 
and, and very quickly it's, it can be a wee bit more difficult to just get a couple of results but Fabio turned, suddenly turned into a bad team and, and that's never going to be the case but if you're missing time for three or four games one of if not the best centre half in, in the league yeah. any team in that league would take Tam O'Brien so that's if you're missing him straight I th- away I think you're right and another thing again that we're maybe no paying attention to a lot of the players that's been playing came okay, saying we've no been playing that great but players are playing out of position so it's easy to key in there if, if you've got JT that he's going to be here when he's defending if you've got then Scotty Stewart taking his place it's it's nice easy for easy for him to be where you think he's going to be and a pass might not look so good yeah. just because he's maybe half a yard or walk how far he thinks so there's a little bit of that we, we players playing out of position uh, and obviously the gaffer thinks that that's what's needed to be done and if you've not got great players or great players is a wrong word if you've not got why you think's the best player to fit in there you might pick your uh, fill-in kind of player because make no mistake some of that players on your team are, are so versatile they're no got a regular start in place now that's unfortunate on them it's the, the, the gaffer the gaffer's brilliant at that it's been all these, all these years it's not by coincidence he's he's got a score of players that he's got a lot of versatility in and whatnot but in football management at any level whether you play football on a sunday or a saturday or whatever else it's extremely difficult being a manager because what you're effectively trying to get to is a point of continuity where it's like a well-oiled machine yeah the gaffer's been like that, as i say here for three or four years just now he's, he's, he's had challenges there's parts of the engine not quite working but for four years it's been a well oiled machine and that's that's where every manager tries to get to is pretty much got nine or ten players that if they're fit they're they've got to play yeah. and, and you know and as I say this year Tam and um, there's been a couple of injuries Jason obviously yeah. Nicky and whatever else and there were seven shy at one point so they're and, coming back so that's always good and, ah. and again there's an awful lot goes on behind the scenes particularly at a part time football club but any football team there's a lot goes on behind the scenes that Supporters wouldn't know about. Of course, you wouldn't. But players' families not been well. The kids not been well. You know, they're, work, they're having problems there. They've got a wee strain. They're not been feeling well. You know, they've no trained well or they've no trained, so they're not playing. But when we turn up on a Saturday, it's like, how is he not playing? Yeah. How can that manager possibly not be? Yeah. You've no idea what's been going on behind yeah. the scenes. You know, and that that all has a detrimental effect to just a little bit of fragmentation, yeah. and then the consistency that you need in your team. But the wind brings more positivity training as well, and gets everybody. It's amazing. It's, honestly, it's amazing. I know. Listen, it apply to us all. But a Saturday in football makes or breaks your whole week until the next Saturday. <laughs> for us all, for us all, and as well, absolutely. Yeah. Saturday coming home in the bus, coming home from Morton, three points. The bus was buzzing. Being <laughs> us, there was only twenty-four of us on it. And last year we were. Last year we were. I'll, I'll cover that wee bit just now but we're getting a wee bit of grief as a club and as a uh, task and as a football club why are they putting on enough buses to tuck fans doing we, we, we spend a lot of time organising fans to come on buses and booking buses uh, and, you, and you do it and then we, a couple of times last year we did book two buses uh, the club even booked buses well they had to cancel theirs and then Fout would come and us and we had a bigger bus so we started a bigger bus this year as we said the results Drop a wee bit, they're no far out thinking about it. The fans stopped coming, so there was a 65 seater bus boat on Saturday. Again, 24 of us on it. So, uh, but that 24 folk were happy. <laughs> but in fairness, there was a lot more than 24 folk at the game. 
But that 24 pounding up boss were just absolutely buzzing coming home like you can. It's incredible what it does to you weekend, but, but even in the week, because everyone turns up to training, you're buzzing, you're looking yeah. forward to it, and obviously players are expecting to play, they're expecting to play, and the players that want to play and get a win, they want in the team, and the, the whole thing's like, kind of wake. Next two games, pretty important as well. We've got a good chance to get another wee confidence boost with the cup game on Saturday, East Fife. No disrespect to them, but that's a team we, we should be beating. And there's two ways to look at for me as Barry will have maybe a different opinion there's two ways to look at this game on Saturday it's a cup game based on us winning on Saturday we could possibly have done a through the cup game because we're on a roll in the league but in fairness get other players back in and get them game time so depends why you went to balance it I'm sure as a as a manager I'm sure Dick's quite happy to hit other players and get them back in and get them a bit of game time get some of these newer, newer players in I think so yeah as a player you always want to play games the manager, you're right, the manager probably in pink. Depending on how the, the injury list or whatever else is, might have prepared enough to have a game. But as a player, you're, you're obviously desperate to play. Yeah. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, when you get a lesser team again, as I've said to you, the expectation is, oh, that both should be. So if, if they don't turn up and perform and it doesn't go their way, then it can be a, a bit of a bit of a pain in the, the butt. But... You would expect Arbos to go there. On night. paper, we should, yeah, should start a streak. You should. You should. <laughs> ah, but it's a cup game. Uh, and remember, when we're the underdogs against other folk, <laughs> you raise your game. Uh, oh, he's oh, five against a game. There's no two doubts uh, about that. But we should. Yeah. We deal with well. it. If the players turn up, um, and the man and the gaffer's pretty good at motivating. Depressing. I'm not sure I can tell you. I'm not sure I can tell you. I'm not sure I can £125? Jesus! Sure, just put it up because our bro's coming up. Getting big money for a big team like that's a lot of them. The lads are going, so there's a puckle family members were going up there, so I think we're I think we're match sponsors or something. So I think we get to pick the team man of the match. So let me tell you it'll be in our bro's player. I'm not sure how that'll even do with the cool fans. It'll be in our bro's player like that's an exclusive right now. <laughs> we I'm not going to name the names, but me and Colin, we were at a hospitality in Dundee United, and the man of the match was picked up before the game kicked off. <laughs> and it was not us, like. <laughs> but what the hell are you getting for 120 quid? What the hell? I'm 25. What the hell? Uh, I've got the venue. Jesus. <laughs> if you keep reading, if you don't, I just don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to start a Because we've got about two weeks to go with the long window shutting as well. Uh, are you still a scout? And you're rather just, just, um, just try to help any anybody I can. And um, yeah, just just because you've been in the game, you know, players and, and whatever else. But uh, it's a super difficult time. Um, and it's getting worse, John. It seems to be getting worse. Just a lack of players. You know, there's there's not so much of a pyramid system now where the top teams used yeah. to have reserve teams and the younger ones used to come out on loan. But for all the obvious reasons, now the finances aren't there, so the amount of players that are available to come out on loan are minimal, and every team's chasing the same players. So, and that's probably how Pink and the Gaffer have 
just wait to say, put that in context for fans that are, are listening, because there is a little bit of frustration sometimes out there saying, hey, we don't get a striker. It's not just as easy as, oh, we'll have him, that's very much. How difficult will it be for us to get started? Honestly, it's extraordinarily difficult. I know, obviously, well, I'll slip at four for there. You, you, you obviously set out your task months in advance, but equally, things change all the time. So, you know, using using Aberdeen as an example, um, Peanut, Paul Sheet, yeah. Derek, and whatnot over there, we're only one of 50 managers chasing them and and they can't overly promise but they, they're kind of oh, yeah, yeah, we'll promise you this that and the next thing and of course it, there's a lot of um, circumstances come down to how you get the player they might be waiting on another striker coming in and then they're letting one of their younger ones out they might have it all lined up and then one of their strikers that's playing picks up a knock an injury you're like ah shit so you think you've got players lined up and honestly they're all I mean just speaking to managers other than probably very few handful, they're all looking for players. They're all looking for And it's always a striker. It's the hen's it's the hen's teeth stuff. Centre half, strikers, left backs, it's, but it's just and it's extraordinarily frustrating. Um, but yeah, getting back to it, it's really difficult. There's, there's not an awful lot of players available. Um, and as I say, everyone's chasing the same players. And then it sometimes comes down to budgets. And then it comes down to believe it or not, and I know you might you might giggle at this, but there's, a, there's an awful lot of players that, in my opinion, have an agent and they're absolutely fundamental. Yeah. Do not require an agent mm-hmm. at the level they're playing. And the younger ones in one that as well. But in in some cases, it can come down to the agent. It's outrageous. Yeah. Honestly, it's outrageous. The agent's giving advice, and I mean, the, the agent's not standing to make tens of thousands of pounds. Yeah. It's like peanuts, but yeah. you know. And I know in Ardo's case as well, probably not speaking out of turn, but I speak to Pink um, quite a lot. X, Y, and Z lined up, and out of nowhere, you get a curveball at Grimsby or, you know, a championship team in England have offered whatever, another £1,000 a week towards, and you're like, boys in the car, ready to drive up to Scotland. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. So the manager, Pink, or whatever else, are based in the hotel, went on the boy turning up, phone call, oh, actually, he's not coming now, he's been offered this and that, and like, can I do that? But that is the nature of football. Oh, I was speaking to well, Mike Caird. <coughs> pardon me. Mike Caird and Paul was speaking to them, and they were against Dallas tonight. He said, Look, put this across. Can Dick's player budget is the most that any of our growth man's ever had. And they were kind of replying to me, but I guess obviously we came over, getting a, our brother were getting a hard time for uh, on social media for no signing. And as a fan, you can understand that frustration. But there's a club there saying, look guys, it's near that we hadn't been trying. We're no hidden money back. They were on about kind of spent money on the on the ground. The ground budget and the player budget's totally different and it was always allocated. And and according to, to what the board's telling me the night and, and Dick and Pink say it. But, but mm. the irony is, Fairman, and this is where we're at now, because when I started playing here, you know, Bakey had about 50 quid a week. So you had your... You had your level of player you were after yep. whereas our World Football Club are now competing with <laughs> yeah. championship top championship bottom Premier League teams for these players so they're yeah. actually in a completely different market now so they're in a full time market exactly. totally different market so and, and with respect I mean this 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 place this stadium this club this game, is off the scale to where it was but you're now in a different market and you're now competing with teams that are prepared to pay thousands of pounds a week towards players so you're actually in a different conundrum Whereas when the gaffer came in, he, he, you know, he was in a position yeah. like myself, Swanks, Tam O'Brien, having all these boys, you know, you know, on bloody back come and play. Whereas now, 
Scotty Allen and all you like you're in a totally different uh, world. Like last year was at Lafferty was on four grand a week or something. Mm-hmm. That's in the same league as us, and we were competing for the title with them, and they've strikers on four grand. I know it's a different style. No, it is, but I think it's probably good for us to say. I've both been competing with Dundee, yeah. Ayr, yeah. you know, uh, Partick Thistle, Cove. Cove are paying. They've got a bit of money. They've, just, but they can't get players in. Yeah. Again, they've got the. Uh, is it Longstaff um, from down six? Ex Liverpool young lad. Just, I mean, I've watched Cove a couple of times this year and struggling to fill their bench. And it's not because they don't have money, because they've got no. ransom money. So it's, you can blow the myths of the supporter. No. Why are we not saying? It's not because the manager's sitting on a sun lounger with a hamlet in his mouth. He is trying well, his he could very get best. Players in, but then it wouldn't be the players of the start of the championship. Well, with respect, he's, he's, he's ventured out of the yeah. comfort zone of the best part time players. Yeah. So he's, he's had to venture out of that. And with respect, you know, some of the players that he's bringing in now may not have experience at playing. In this country or at this level, but you can only do that so many times with players. Yeah. You do need to, to bring in the tried, the tested. You know, Newbley was even a, a, uh, yeah. a little bit yeah. of a, a gamble. I said that to JB on the way here. I said, now it's got you got again a few, and it's a bit of a punt. It has to be a bit of a punt. It is, you know. But and, and what hopefully it works out right. Look, look at Newbley for an example. Yeah. Newbley was Newbley wasn't a great first couple of games. I mean, it was two or three times. There was another lad playing that would come off and played a trial. Uh, he basically come off a plane and, and, and trialed, and for a wee while, some folks thought he was better in, in New Blue. Uh, Big uh, man struggled the first couple of games. Yes, yeah, he did. But look, then he comes in. Was so, that so, 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 so when you're you're doing a bit of scouting now, Barry. So just for the benefit of, our, I've got to say, viewers there, but it's listeners. Viewer, viewer. For the benefit of the the folks, so if you're doing a wee bit of scouting and. It's up to you whether you tell us whether you're doing it for any specific team or, or a few of them together. Are you looking at players out and about at some of these other leagues and divisions and then telling your contacts? Or are you looking at players that they're asking you to look at? So at this moment in time, I'm, I'm doing it for a, for a team. Um, that I'll not say who it is yeah. for the benefit of, of this show. But on an on a official capacity, yeah. Um, so, so I'm going out to watch games for them because mm-hmm. they've asked... For me to go and do that, so it's it's an official professional setup. It's, it's a full time football club, so we have a we have a back end system where we upload all the information. So there's there's a few of us, so we're building up a database of games, players, so all the information's at the touch of a, a button. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we each individually maybe put the star player or star players. In addition, each each player gets a score, and then we reconvene every six weeks to see. You know who's been playing well consistently, blah blah, and then you start to build up a bit of a portfolio, and then you start to track players. If the manager's saying to the to the to the scout, the head of recruitment, or whatever else, I'm looking for a left back. This player's out of contract. I'm not overly happy with him. The old golden nugget. I'm looking for a striker. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's it's what Klopp bought into, isn't it? In a way, the money ball sort of thing. And I need a left back, and then you have a list of left backs. Yeah. Um, Everyone's obviously different, um, and it's difficult when you get to that level. Obviously, they're they're in it for the long term, and, and as you probably understand now, a lot of these top teams um, have a head coach, where the infrastructure of the football club isn't purely based on the head coach. The head yeah. coach does a job, but the infrastructure of the club's there. So the head coach decides that, or somebody decides he's not for the job, it doesn't fragment the whole infrastructure. 
So, but that's at the very elite level. And also what they're doing at elite level now, believe it or not, is these top teams are actually signing players based on their statistics. Mm. I don't know if you guys are overly familiar with but there's, and we had a bit of for as well, thankfully, but they've got GPS vests. So, they record all your data, how far you run, how hard you run, how many tackles, mm. everything. They record it. And some of these top teams, or not even the top teams, but some of these teams in England are signing players on stats and data. Yeah. And they're actually bringing them in um, and they're developing them and they're selling them on. It's it's like a totally different yeah, level yeah. of football now. Um, but that, well, as I say, that's the money ball thing from 20 years ago. Is. That's that sort of style of thing. It's fascinating. It's pretty cool. Like, uh, and that, does that come from the States? Yeah, that Jamie, yeah, yeah baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, based that's exactly what it is. The whole stat structure. It's exactly yeah. what it is, and it's fascinating. And clubs, but as I say, clubs bought into that. Unbelievable. Sure. Some of the, I mean, some of the younger guys that uh, clubs signed and um, Harvey Elliott and, and the younger kid now from Fulham. It's phenomenal. Yeah. 17, I mean, my God. 17, 18, 19. Yeah. And you're thinking he's not going to get a game because Sani, Amini are a bit slow, but surely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how young Calvin Ramsey from Aberdeen gets on. And at Liverpool, obviously, right back at the sign in the summer there for a huge amount of money. Unfortunately, he got injured in his first couple of weeks down there. I think he's been injured. But, I mean, somebody had said to us two years ago that kid will sign for Liverpool in two years for £7 million you would have laughed right but there he is now and let's just see where the journey takes him because who knows in a year two, three, five years could be sold on for yeah. that's it just need a couple of good years and then they're sold on and can you that's it Bob's your uncle it's outrageous but Aye. These, these top teams guys they, they get the opportunity to develop players yeah. with respect to our growths and the gaffer has, has to bring the mince and tatties to the table now today yeah. It's another style of pressure, isn't it? Totally different. Yeah. You guys are no interest in them bringing a young player for two weeks on, on Saturday. You want to see the bread and butter now. So it's a totally different game. But equally, it's just there's, there's, there's such a limit now in the market that he's in. There's just such a limit of players. And I, I know, as I say, um, I speak to him, Pink more um, than the gaffer, because the gaffer's on Glen Eagles. 24 7. Oh, I think there's the, the graphic. But no, you speak Maybe brings a striker in from someplace else on loan, and then one of the younger ones gets out. Whatever else. Um, do, you, do you enjoy going to want to see this? I, I can't enjoy your game of football, Barry. But do you enjoy them telling you where to go and watch, or do you have a, an input to that? I'm, I'm kind of really interested in this scouting type thing, to be quite honest. Yeah, with you. no, it's 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 you get you get an input, but at the same time, as you know, there's there's a level of professionalism. So. Um, but we'll try to put it in a geographical right, yeah, yeah. scenario. So, um, right, what's your region? East of Scotland or all of Scotland? Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's, you know, from the north down, I mean, I've, I've watched um, Wraith, Livingston, Alawa, Edinburgh, you probably wouldn't, I wouldn't need to go any further than sort of Edinburgh area, um, Dun United and all the rest of it up here. I mean, you, you can, people cross over and all the rest of it, guys, but that, that's, you know, the, we put out a roster, and if anyone's got an issue, you say I've got an issue. But realistically, I've I've probably been quite fortunate. I've had a reasonable experience in all different levels and aspects mm -hmm. of football, so 
I'm actually thoroughly enjoying now, believe it or not, turning up to a game with absolutely zero pressure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely zero. And, and you get the chance to analyse. Because again, you guys will understand this as well, but when you're at a game, you see a totally different picture. You see the movement of the ball, you know, the, the movement, the awareness. When you're watching the football on the telly, you follow the ball. Because that's what the, the camera does. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That was something at lockdown. That I think a lot of players, a lot of players in the day, and I'm going to mention the games. Obviously, I was lucky enough to be in the ground. Uh, and I was watching Chris Doolan play a lot. And uh, I was telling one of my pals, and says, that man's amazing. And I said, oh, it doesn't look that good. The telly is no focusing. But the camera's focusing the bar. And just Barry said, you have no understanding. The best thing I've actually seen that was actually Kenny Miller when he played for Partick. He gathered the game up here. He just told the youngsters far about the gang and he was he was nudging them. And that's what Chris Doolan was doing. And you didn't see that uh, on the telly and watch watching players. I think that's a great thing <coughs> uh, for it. And, and I, I agree with you, Barry. No pressure. You're seeing it. You can focus on the whole game. May the, the Ronaldo in the bar, if you care what I mean, because you might be focusing on, let's just say, for example, the right back you might have been watching. Because if folk had been watching uh, young Marcus Oakley, they might not have seen him do nothing. I had a little wee thing uh, he did his positioning, watching it. Because that came to the fold on Saturday. I mean, uh, how well that boy sees a game. He's at a, he's at a good level. Um, the guy's obviously played at a good level. But when teams at the top level are, are looking at the group players, they'll watch them for three, four months. Uh, really? Oh, Jesus. And they'll get different eyes, different opinions. And, and then ultimately, the manager will go and watch them. Because the manager ultimately makes yeah, yeah. say so. It's all right, me or, or Fermer or you two saying, oh, actually, Oakley, yeah. go and sign Oakley. Um, but the manager lives and dies by his, his selection. So ultimately, he should be the one that goes along and says, actually, he's not for me or he yeah. not. Boys, well done. Plus, he doesn't want to watch Abdi, does he? His time's valuable. He can't, but uh, that's what goes back to the start. As I say, Jamie, that the, the gaffer um, has built a squad here. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to give you as my experiences of um, being, being in the dressing room. And I got a phenomenal um, starting um, coaching experience with the, with the gaffer at Falkland 2013. He's an unbelievable human being. What a funny guy. So for two or three years before I finished playing, because I was very, very lucky. I, I was nearly 38 when I finished playing football. Really, really lucky. But you would say every year, I'd come up for a coffee, sit down, what do you want to do this year, son? I think I'll still play, right? No bother, right? Okay, same again, right? And then the, the final year, I, I, was, I was like, I'm beginning to shit my ass now. <laughs> we, we Nicky Lowe was, I remember we Nicky was on loan at Alloa from Aberdeen and he's playing wide left and for some reason I lost the toss of coin and had to play right back. I was like, so anyway, there's certain things in games and you're like, oh, hold the boat here, this is just getting a wee squeaky bum time. So I remember saying, I'm like, just, I'm just, I think I'm just about got to the point, I'm not overly comfortable now, you know, my legs just aren't doing much. Is it just purely pace, Barry? It's all it is, it's all it is, Johnny, but it's absolutely all it is. But the older you get, the wiser you get, Aye. bloody black, but it's still, there's certain occasions. So anyway, I said to him, hey, okay, so he was brilliant with me, you come in and and do the warm-ups and just, just basically starting at the very start of your coaching journey, which was completely awesome. But from there, I just kind of rolled and I was, I've was i been really lucky. I've had some great experiences. So I went and helped my sons under eight last club team. I was in the academy at St. Johnson for three years coaching. At the same time, I was taking the four for 19s that went to the four for 20s. And then on Saturday, I was in the first team helping with a quick feed, whatever, shooting drills or whatever else. So all different levels of football. But anyway, the point I'm making is that it's, it's super difficult and, and what you're trying to do is create continuity and, 
the gaffer was brilliant and I got an insight. Obviously, I still have a player's head on. When he's telling me things, I'm thinking, I should be that because I'm thinking as a player and he's thinking as the manager. Yeah. But it was a fascinating insight and in the, in the learning experience I got from him for three years was outrageous. But ultimately, all he can do is take it to the white line. Yeah. And then once they go over that white line, you are just hoping and praying that everything goes your way. Um, and when I was um, latterly with Marks and Fox at Forfer, which was absolutely brilliant, we had we had what we thought, given the budget, bloody blah, blah, we thought we had a decent squad. And unbelievably, and again, this is what I said to you guys earlier, Stephen Anderson, who, who was signed from St Johnston, mm-hmm. um, he snapped his Achilles. Doreen, Doris, we did a wee swap deal. Hilson uh, came here and Doris came in. Doris tore his calf in the first eight minutes at Cove and then he, he came in with a hamstring actually and he, he, anyway he didn't play Travis snapped his cruise ship Dan White snapped his cruise ship so it was extraordinarily un- unlucky but Vermeer's sitting standing behind the, 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 he, <laughs> he's no giving a rat's ass he's uh, like this is hopeless and Vermeer's uh, mucker at his work and people uh, that only come when uh, you're winning ah the manager's hopeless actually he's no hopeless he's got He's got he's got a budget of money in a third of his budget of money. It's outrageous. Uh, and all these little contributing factors can make or break a manager. And that's how uh, that so for me now, when I get the stroll up to a game, it's actually quite funny because I went last year I went to I went to Falkirk were playing against Peterhead. Peanut, Paul was the manager at Falkirk. Jimmy Martin Ali was the manager of Peterhead. Two nicer guys you'll never meet. Really, really nice guys. Blasted to me, what Paul very well. See, 10 minutes into the game, they were like raving <laughs> lunatics. They were almost rolling about the, the, the with each other. And it's just full pressure. Foxy and I, uh, Martin Floyd, we were sitting up in the stand and I was like, I was just giggling and laughing. <laughs> Not because it was funny, ah, but it was. You know, like, that is outrageous. It's just no you. It's, <laughs> but you just get, you get caught up in it. Um, and again, you know, we, we came here over the years um, with Jim. I came in and helped Jim and Dick, and, and latterly with, with Miles. And obviously, you're a little bit biased, but we actually we came here far superior team to our both on certain occasions and lost the game. I remember uh, Lenny scored the goal at this top end here, corner in the last minute, last couple of minutes. And we had the chance to clear it, and Eddie Moan ricocheted it up or something, and it went sky and up in the air. And Lenny hit it, and it could have went anywhere, reached through the penalty, and it went in the net. And you're like, and in another game at uh, Station Park, we actually played quite well. We were two one off in the wee badge. <laughs> he, he, he had a free kick like a, a missile cannonball. And, you know, I'm not sure you could probably throw him hundred balls because um, McCallum and goals marks nobody's yeah. mug. And, uh, great keeper, great keeper. He's a, he's a fantastic. Goal. And we Lenny rattles the hatchet in, and you're coming away from it. And obviously you guys, and yeah. but you're like on paper. We should never have lost that game. Yeah. But football is no play, no play. Nah, that's right. And managers lose their job sometimes because a player thinks he knows better, tries to do something in the wrong area, slips, falls over the ball, you lose a goal, one now, you're like, oh my god, we've completely controlled this game, we're one nil down. Remember that documentary? Uh, was it Brian Robson, uh, uh, Bobby Rob- Brian Robson for England? They were falling about and he picked the team and they went onto the pitch and they did exactly the opposite of what he wanted because they thought, and he's he's going bars. He's just going to be bashing out in the, on the touchline. And I, I mean, I'm laughing because it's England. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. But again, as you say, it's just 
You can only take him so far. You can only take him so far, but that, that's what the gap. So the gaffer's renowned. He's just he's renowned within football. He's, he's man management is extraordinary. He's, the spirit he builds is absolutely extra, and that is effectively how. I'm not saying players don't play for other managers, but but they don't. But they all play for him, and, and yeah. I've own personal experience playing from 2009. I got kicked out the drawers from Jim Weir, and went up there and played for him until I retired in 2013. So four years in our dressing room. And that's, you know, you're like, even when you're not playing, the spirit is is still really, really good. And he's been around the block, you know. So when they were struggling, I thought his attitude was brilliant. He has been around the he's block. Like, he's he's very like, pragmatic, and there was, there was no panic or anything. No, but it's, it's, you know, he's 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 got an unbelievable um, record in football and part time. Yeah. He has just play. I think that's. I think ultimately, if we were asking me what I think um, the gaffer's got that lots of other managers don't have, is the respect in the players play for. Yeah. Again, my own personal experience is when I was getting a wee bit older, but play a couple of games again. Forfar played Arbo Station Park, we were winning 1 0. Um, I played right back for whatever reason. Came off about five minutes to go, and then Homer, Derek Holmes scored at the back post, slid in to make it 1 0. Um, and I played quite well. Anyway, we had a midweek game in. As you do, you think but all right, but you can sit at number number two or number seven when you go in the dress in the dressing room. Reads the teammate, just you sit over there today, son. Eh? You take the rest. Really? What happens? But you, you know, there's all, I've obviously seen other people, other managers don't handle it so yeah. well, and and it creates that little divide in the dressing room, and the boy's not happy, and he travels up with four other guys in the car, and he's knifing into the back yeah. of the manager and. And that's just the way it is. But the gaffer's just like, um, he, he, I think he's just, he's brutally honest. He's brutally honest. And it's, I think, there might be one or two players out there that don't, but I think the majority of players I've played from, um, you might not want to hear what he's got to say. And you might go there shortly with your questions, but um, if you've got an opinion, you have to be prepared to hear something you might not want to hear. Yeah, that's exactly right. Spoke a lot there about the sort of the, the tail end of your career, you know, coming from St Johnson and then in Forfram. What about the, the early days uh, of Barry Sellers? How did, how did it all start? <laughs> Obviously, my old man played out here. Um, so, just, I used to run about here with the, with the ball. Back in the day, they trained here, played here, the the first team, the youth teams and all the rest of it. So, I, I was just, everywhere, everywhere I went, I had a ball in the marrow. Um, and obviously just the genes in my my brother could play but he couldn't run he wasn't physically capable of running but and I ended up um, I ended up had I went from our Wolf Lads Club to a team called Fairmere Boys in Dundee and they were relatively established and they get invited to tournaments so we went out in Glasgow and there's a Lindsay tournament it's quite a prestigious tournament for boys clubs we went to the Lindsay tournament and, and I ended up I was travelling all over training with all the pro teams went down to Manchester for a week um, Alex Ferguson phoned, phoned the house one night I'm only 10 I don't know anything about anything about anything but mum shouts out there's somebody on the phone and so Alex said hello son Jesus Christ so only years later you're like Jesus Christ that was but that's what he did but anyway my old man he's like ah, so we went down there and Tottenham Hotspur and ended up I ended up choosing Rangers so I, <laughs> I end up for some reason I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. The first time you went to Rangers, did you not have a Celtic kit under your Rangers top? 
You've done well, Johnny boy. You've done well, that is correct. I'm actually blaming my dad. How the hell did my dad let me get in that car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A good friend of mine uh, went to school with Gary Buick. Calvin beat him the same when he was ball boy for United. When we were playing United, he had his arm broke up underneath it and he lifted it up when we scored. <laughs> <laughs> Made that mistake once, but yeah, no, I'm behind the sun to say, like, who do you talk on? Um, but yeah, and I ended up down there for five years. It was eleven to sixteen. But I was a. It's just it's just the cars that you're driving. I was a very late developer, so a ten year old, you're king of the world. But by thirteen and a half, fourteen, I'm still an eleven eleven year old's body, and I'm playing against men. As I've just said already, you need to be physically quick, strong. You can be the best technical player in the world, but if you cannot run past somebody, it's just not going to happen. So. Um, unfortunately, 16 late developer um, didn't get kept on, and sadly, because I remember, I remember the night. But sadly, I was actually quite relieved because I was a home home bird, and I didn't like going down to stay at Glasgow. I used to go down to stay. I don't know what I was thinking, but it's just the cards that I was I was given. I used to go down for a week in the summer and a week in Easter, and I didn't really used to enjoy it, and it was almost like a relief. But obviously, if I'd known then what I knew when I got to 21, 22. But it is what it is. And that's, that's what happens in life. It's just what it is. Um, so I kind of just gave it up a wee bit, went, came back, played for the youth team here. Um, and then, again, still late developer. Couldn't compete with physically men. Played junior, went to the Vex, played played at the Vex for a, a couple of years. And then, again, ultimately, physically, I, I grew. I left school at 16 and I was five foot. And then by the time I'm 19, 20, I'm six foot. It's just the cards that you're dealt. So. Did you get put in a rack or something? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's bizarre because obviously mum and dad are not particularly big either. So I, I, I think Rangers and the stats, you just you know look at your parents and all this nonsense. Yeah. But it was what it was. Um, and then Jake Ferrier, um, who's an exceptionally good coach, Jake was a manager of Forfar West End. And he, he came and took me from the backs and and that was actually just the start of it. So I was only at the West End for, for the six months from the summer to the December. And Jake, he actually left to go to Brecon to be the assistant manager to John Young. Small world that football is. Uh, Young yeah. was, was the gap at Brecon. He took Jake in. They two are very close and friendly. And they, they, they put an offer at the West End. Apparently, and Arbos must have heard about it. So Becky came and they beg us. So obviously, you're an Arbos person, you know. So from the from the January they used to do what they called the delayed transfer. So I would stay at the West End and play, but I'd come and train with our both. So you're almost doing your phasing in yeah. period. And I, I I just ate, slept, drank, loved football. I just wanted to, to play football. Wanted to be a foot anywhere. Five sides, low common, Ibrox, Parkhead. Just want to play football. So what I did was and and it, I'm going to say this to you because it bothers me greatly that the modern day player, they think they're far superiorly better than they actually are. A lot of them. But what I, I as the gaffer would say, I've earned the right to an opinion because I've done it. So when you would say to some of the younger ones, like, you're not quite there. Well, I think I am. It's what you're not. Well, I think I am. And my dad does as well. Oh, right. Oh, well, maybe just go and tell Dick to come and have a word with your dad. Maybe. But what I did was I, I trained like a Monday and Wednesday with the floor for West End and I would train an extra night and sometimes two nights for our bro. So I was training three or four nights a week because I thought I really need to get 
and then about this. And it was a step up for me, so when I came to Arbroath, Brian Mitchell got me the match. Uh, Stevie Flo, uh, Kevin Tindall, Walter Cooper, uh, Scotty Pierce. It was a local team. Yeah. But the standard, the intensity and the standard, not so much, and that's not disrespecting any of them, not so much the technical, but see the training, see the the desire amongst it was it was like a man's game. Graham Sooners got sacked for that, but it was like a man's <laughs> game. No, he didn't get sacked for it. It was it was like you come in and you do it. Why did you suck, but <laughs> sorry, you're right. But no, it was it, it was you, you know he didn't turn up to train and and if if, if it, you know Tindall Tindall you know, if he shouted for an easy pass and I just something difficult, he would tell me. And then if I did it again, he would actually take hold of me. But Walter Mitchell, all these boys. So you very quickly learned very and, and the respect that you have for them is outrageous, outrageous. And um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure this generation of young player have it. And I think that that's my own personal opinion. Even probably some of the first team players, there's an element of you telling me all the youngsters are like that. just in football. It's it's a great it's a great question though because we were speaking about it uh, on on coming home in the bus on Saturday. What players were asking? What players in my day that I watched uh, in a while back in the eighties do I think would have fitted into? This, how, how would they are rated okay, so they were asking me questions on Aberdeen players where would they fit nowadays and I, there's, a, there's a lot of boys would have made in the olden again, with class of the olden days 70s, 80s would have made it into this leagues nowadays yeah maybe they're no uh, at the level of fitness because I think that's like a huge thing but a lot of other things that they had going for them uh, I'm, I'm going to speak about Aberdeen because that's who I watched as, as a bairn I mean guys like Willie Miller and, and Alec McLeish, I mean, they would they would fit with any team I, I maintain. Uh, so it's, it's good to hear Barry speaking about that. It's, it's, it's just my opinion, but it's, it's a fact of life. I've dealt with the younger ones and then the, the 19s going into the first team. What I would say is that there's, there's particularly in the younger academies now, it's all about technique, technique. Open your back foot, open your body up. And the centre half has to be able to take it in their own six yard box and Pull back it has to be a certain midfield player. But the reality is when they go into the League Two or League One or even the championship, there's not an awful lot of that. And it certainly doesn't happen every time the goalie gets the ball. We're not playing like Manchester City yet. <laughs> but yet in my, in my opinion, and having experienced that when you go into the academies, they get they get trained in to, to a certain way of playing. But yet when when you get into the the first team level, it doesn't really happen. Interesting, you're saying that about Patrick Thistleburn. Brilliant, of course they were. But they don't do it every time the keeper gets the ball. No. Manchester City, Barcelona, I mean, there's probably a handful of teams yeah. other than that. You've got to do what it takes yeah. to win the game. But And, and again, that's ultimately is If the manager says to you, you get the ball, you kick it into that area there. If, if you didn't do it for that, you'll no play. Yeah. And if you do do it for that, he is, he is beyond loyal. And if you do what you actually do that. I think it was a period 10 years ago when everybody tried to play like Barcelona and I think it just failed this life for a lot of teams. It's the, it's the myth, it's like the, it's what we call FIFA football, it's FIFA. You know, you get it and you pass it and uh, 25 passes and you get into the other team's belly box, you score a goal and, uh, and that is amazing and, and it will happen of course but it's not every time you get the ball uh, and, and ultimately I I believe that um, it, it's over-exaggerated because that's, again, last year our both were were excellent but they had their game plan 
It might not have been pretty for the first 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever else, but the, the, the grinder still in the game. And then they played in the, in the opponent's half of the pitch. Nubly took it in, yeah. controlled it, and they all got up the part and they got, they got to play. So if you're playing in the right areas and you make mistakes, then obviously you've still got plenty of players in between that ball and, yeah. your, and your exactly, goal. Yeah. Whereas nowadays it's young kids have to be able to do this, do that, and the next thing. But yeah, when they go into the first team, they come in and they make mistakes and dicks. You're not playing in my team. You have to have the players to pass it around your own penalty box. <laughs> but do you know what? You can't do that. But that that's true. Yeah. That is uh, again. I'm not speaking out of turn, but there's one or two players came in to forfer um, with the gaffer, and, and the gaffer would say, "I'm like left back, get the ball at your feet. You know, I want you to put the ball in this area." Yeah, you kept trying to pass it. Maybe when other players weren't expecting the pass, uh, yeah, and then it would, it would break down. You would get countered and score a goal, and he's and I hear you, and we're like, "But he's a really good player." He's a really, really good because as a teammate, you're like, well, I like this boy, this boy knows what he's doing. Decisions, just tiny uh, decisions, but the gaffer was like, I've told you. <laughs> There's somebody's watching this on YouTube, they're going to say you're in sign language. Just have it, you get into it. And that's, that's just, it's just it's, it's football, I suppose, but it's all about trust. If the manager trusts you and you do what the manager wants him to do, then you'll play. But if you've got your own agenda, so to speak, it's maybe a little bit less trust and you don't play, and then that's how some players kind of get their heads around because they think I'm much better than him. I can control it, I can pass it with the outside of my foot, the inside of my foot, I can curl it, I can hit diagonal. But how am I not playing? But ultimately, the manager just wants a player, yeah, he can uh, trust. And if you don't do what he's asking you to do, then you'll have to go and play for somebody else. No point, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. And I learned, I learned the hard way when Bakey signed, uh, Dave Bakey signed me. Um, and I remember I sat on the bench for the first 11 games and I was like you come off the bench and you're influencing the game I think I scored 2 or 3 goals my very first goal for Argos was, was a corner against Partick Thistle and you, you score and you're again like have a one and you're, you're bouncing at the chair the next week and I was like Jesus Christ man so I, I didn't jab his door but he pulled me aside and trained and said Plenty, but you're doing this doing that and just bide your time you know your time will come you're like Back then, you didn't play so many midweek games, so it was like 11 weeks. And I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I not done now? What have I done? But you, you learn as you go. Um, and I suppose, as I say, you try to say the younger ones now, look, good things come to, to, the, to those that wait and just, you know, take your time and be patient. But it's difficult because they don't have an awful lot of patience, the younger players now. And, and they've all got, a, well, most of them have got an opinion, most of them. I'm not saying that they go into the dressing room and tell tell anyone what, yeah. but you you know you would maybe pass on a bit of advice, or you would say like you maybe shouldn't be doing this, and and he would look at you and you're like he's not loving me here. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Dick's brilliant, he'll tell you. If you don't do it, he'll tell you again. And if you don't do it, you'll sit next to him, and then you'll definitely not do it again. <laughs> How much goals did you score in your professional career, Bonnie? Ah, oh, Fermer. Uh, we're counting training, reserve games. Lives. <laughs> Just go for your profile. What was that? It was, it was nearly 80, was it? Yeah, pretty close for me. I thought it was 79, but well, yeah. It was nearly 80. Can you mind? What's your best team? Best ones. Yeah. You're in half with you. I don't know what I'm saying. Actually, fortunate. It's good. But again, if, if somebody says to you when you're 20 years old, you're going to play professional football for. 
best part of 500 games between starts, substitutes, cup games or whatever else, and you're going to score 80 goals, you would have, you would have laughed at them. Especially if they said to you, you'll play Championship, League 1 and League 2, because when you're 20, you want to play in the Premier League. Yeah. So if somebody says that, you're like, ah, that's not good enough. But when you come out of it at 38, and then you get to, you're like, oh my God. But no, the best one I would probably say is, um, yeah, just, yeah. It was one of those games, Fermer, it was obviously quite windy, but when I left my house, there was no wind. <laughs> Two minutes later, I got down here, some, somebody put the wind machine on, which <laughs> happens. And I was, I was sitting in a couple of seats. Oh, yeah. But I actually, I, I, I recognised um, the goalie, it was a wee boy white, wasn't it? And he actually signed for Arbroath a number of years later. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd seen him a couple of times. We, we'd had, we'd had, um, we'd had a throw-in down on this side, beside your gant right now. We'd had your gant, Scotty. We'd had a throw-in, and, and uh, I'd had a look over my shoulder, and I thought, geez, oh, he's he's well. If, if, if I get the ball and the ball falls right, I'm hitting it, and it didn't. But from that point on, I was I was conscious, a little bit of awareness. So they had a, they actually had a, Dumbarton had a throw-in up at that top left-hand corner. The position I was playing, McJohn had said we'd go back in there. So again, I went into an area and I remember just looking up and thinking, oh, cheeky, he's well off his line. <laughs> and just fortunate that uh, I think it was Bishop, Jamie Header, and I just opened my body out and it ran in front of him and I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a, a scalp. Um, but in Venice to me, when I come down here now and I look at it, I think, who the hell did I? Try <laughs> and do that now. Absolutely. Good name of goals for the penalty spot now. <laughs> I remember one thing I do remember about that firmware and Stephen Hislop. Remember much about Stephen? Yeah, I remember. Hizzy yeah. was, was playing up front that day and I was playing just off of him. And as I let the ball through my body and I looked up, he made a great run into that right channel. And, and we speak about it, he and I, quite regular. But I let the, the ball through and I had it. And I remember looking up and seeing him first and I seen him turning around. I could, and I could lip read by that time. <laughs> he's throwing these hands in the air. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> and, then, and then he's looked up and then he's looked. And I went from there and he came down and I'm like, you're lucky that. <laughs> but no, that was, yeah, that was, that was a problem. 80 goals, 68 yellows. Aye. How many reds? Ooh. I did have a few. Bonus points coming up here if you can help me out here, Barry, again. I've got them written down here, there's not that much. Uh, it was probably, was it maybe four? I've got five. What are five? I think there was only one of them for a tackle. I was about to say, any tackles? One was for a tackle. I was looking at it, now that I do starts, but I was looking at it, there was Ian there with Ryan McCord. He was sent off in 30 minutes and you were sent off in 31. I'm thinking, they thought I said a wee rumble there, like. He and I couldn't tackle a fish up. I don't know what went on there. Oh, he could tackle a fish up. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what finger was up to there, but he had uh, he had two great feet. He was a great player. But I'm just asking some of my questions. Again, we've spoken a fair bit about your coaching and everything, Barry. I mean, uh, I've got a question. I'm going to rumble a bit. At, at the level that you're watching, what do you think has been the biggest improvement in this level for football since you've retired? So, what do you think's made the game? better and and I'll just open it up there as well to, to keep the continuity you can answer what you think's made the game worse uh, as well uh, that's what question here with Fermer you can an interesting question Fermer 
I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure there's that. I mean, it's 2015, so it's coming up for 10 years since I played. But what I probably would say is that it is an awful lot more technical now um, in terms of, the, as I said, the, the younger ones who yep. go through their academies. It's all technical, technical. Um, just case in point, what you're saying is when I started playing, there was, there was more streetwise. Mm -hmm. So... Whereas now they're less streetwise, but they're, they're probably a little bit more technical. Um, but I, I, I've been really surprised by the level or the lack of what we'd call game awareness. So when they go through their academies, they, it's all football technical, get the ball in, they get as many touches and the control on their back foot and all this. But a massive part, in fact, the biggest part of football is knowing where to stand on the park and when to stand there. And, and they don't get taught that. I don't, not an awful lot of them. So when they come into your team, you know, the ball will be in a certain place on the pitch and you're expecting the player to be in another certain place and he's not there. To let you understand that, particularly in a, in a defensive, um, I'll give you a funny story just because this falls in line with it. But again, for the gaffer, um, up and forward, when Hilly started coming in on loan from Dundee United, we, we signed another um, kid at the time called um, Willie Robertson from Dunn United and Willie came in and the first game, the first or second game anyway, playing right back and, and the ball was over on the left hand side of the park, bloody blah and then we lost the ball, they, they quickly broke and I think they scored a goal and, and the manager, the gaffer came in at half time and told Willie what he thought and uh, <laughs> Willie's like, but I don't know what I'm doing. He's, what do you mean you know what you're doing, son? I said, well, I, I don't play right back. Yeah, in fact, I'm player, son. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing playing right back. I'm a centre mid. And to me, I was I was like, well, why is he playing right back? He doesn't get what he's doing. But equally, I'm thinking he's been, he's, he's been playing football at an academy since he's 10, 11, 12. In my opinion, which falls in line with your question, the very least they should know is where to stand. It's, it's the terminology we use is where to stand in relation to where the ball is. But he didn't. So there was a huge space in the in the pitch. <laughs> Boy ran through the score. Well he's like, where am I meant to be standing? <laughs> what are you doing? Watching, watching kids kids football. I watch my nephew play a fair bit now. I'm watching them uh when throws. Uh, and that's something I always said they were oh, you could see that their coaching and their training was all designed for attacking football. They weren't again I, I always thought that they should have team maybe four or five of them and had somebody coach some part of son at corners and, and, and what they were doing and, and what to move and, and, and how to get the guy can show him where you want him to go and that. I just don't think there's enough of that thought in youngsters, but I'm not a coach. No, but it's, and that's the difference you're asking me. So as I say, when right. I came into an experienced team and in fairness to the gaffer, the gaffer's got a team full of experience. So and that's the difference between him and lots of other teams, particularly at part time levels. They're all experienced pros. So he doesn't have to tell them. They know what they're doing. Whereas Perhaps with some of us, offers, etc., slightly lesser budget, your market slightly lesser, the player you bring in slightly lesser, and the education they've had slightly lesser. Yeah. It's not that they're not as good football players, but just the the, the margins are so small that if you're no standing, I was never a right back, obviously, couldn't tackle, but because you're standing in the right place at the right time, it obviously saves you yeah. having to run so far. Obviously, and that's if you're asking me the question now, 
I remember Colin McGlashan dripping through me, McWalter, oh my goodness. And you learn very quickly. Um, and I think it's, um, it's, what, it's what we call awareness, game awareness. Yeah. Having the game awareness. They don't quite have, it's just in my opinion, I'm, and I'm, I'm generalising, I'm not picking it. I just, I'm like, ooh. I'll push it there, I'm reading the game. Can you spot that when you're going coaching? Oh. Again, scouting, absolutely. You Surely, you'll see, you see that. that pretty quickly at this point. You see it pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. As a fan, you see that quite yeah. quickly. You very quickly pick up with somebody who's not got a clue where they should be. It's not so easy. And it's, defensively, it stands out at Southern, but yeah. offensive players as well. Jamie is, you know. Yeah. If you're an offensive player, as, as the gaffer would say, you've all got a role in the team when you don't have the ball. Everyone's got a role in the team. But that doesn't always apply to every team and every and every player in every team. And if you don't have a role in the team and you don't have the ball, you have to be influencing that game with the ball. And that's where it can fall down. If you don't influence it with the ball, but you're not standing in the right place at the right time without the ball, equals not good. It's zero. So and that's for guys like Scotty Allen. Uh, Paul Sheeran for me was one of the, the best teams at that. Again, they would again, they would pass a bar. And maybe there was nobody at it, but that's maybe for there should have been an art time. Scotty, Scotty came in for for one um, for me United many years ago, and I was there as well. And first couple of games, he was he was outrageous, outrageous, really good. I think he won three penalties in his first game for us, for mm-hmm. against there. He won us three penalties, dribbling, quick, quick feet. He was, he was good, great lad. He's obviously he's, he's matured, developed, and um, maybe slightly less of the dribbling now. But when he was when he came in as a as a young, same footloose and fancy free, honestly three penalties in one game, I was outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's, he's a he's a good player. What a player that is? I'm both to be singing. What uh, what did it mean to become the captain of the club? From my point of view, it was it was excellent. I, I believe that some some parties on the terraces that took a bit away from your game or whatever else. But um, I suppose just being a local, living, having having the, an association with the club and whatever else. And, um, it was yeah, just it was brilliant. Was your dad ever captain? <laughs> oh, what up with him? <laughs> He was a proper football player. Then I do yourself doing Barry in fairness, you were a decent player. I'll, I'll not hear you say nothing else. You were a decent player. You were speaking earlier on, and we don't claim to be the biggest historians of the club or anything like that. But has there been another father and son duo that have played for the club? I, we I, didn't think there had been, but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, but I wouldn't know. And you're looking at me like I would be an Ironman. In 1998, I started sporting a brood. I, 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 I think this is the first. I can't think of it. I didn't know. It keeps, yeah, just obviously. Anyone that, anyone that watched him and then watched me, obviously he was he was a, what they call a proper football player. I remember Jamie's dad every week giving me absolute dog's abuse and telling me every week how I was nowhere near the player that old man was. That's just what he said, you really said. For a training night. <laughs> and what about, because you would, you would have still been captain for the, the promotion team, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just describe what that must have been something else. I was just absolutely extraordinary extraordinary just yeah I mean 
on a personal point of view, it was just extraordinary to play for your local, your local team, and to win promotion. Nobody could take that away from you. Correct. And I know that football moves on, and, and things move on, and um, and the younger generation to come and watch will probably not remember much about that. But it was it was outrageous to update Stranraer and the bus coming back up. It's one of the best best um, nights associated with football. Um, the goal and again that was very close to, to one of my favourite goals um, and again probably taking this probably slightly more in depth than probably what you guys are probably expecting but John um, God rest his soul McGlashan who was he was a good he was a teammate of mine at the start of my career and he was a great friend but obviously he was struggling um, a couple of injuries and couldn't get a strike in Little did I know how the goal was back then, but he couldn't get it. So he ended up, I played up front, or just off the striker, whatever you want to call it, probably out default. His, his, he was Stevie Hislop, Haldo Brazil, there was a handful of us, but for some reason I ended up playing a little bit further apart. Um, and then I remember, I remember the goal I scored out there in the first leg of the playoff against Shonar. Big RR, big Bobby Bahi, Robbie Rayside scored a header down at the, the harbour end to 1 0 up, and then did we step? Did we step over? And then Aldo Brazil laid it in, and I remember running through it. Still close my eyes and see it now. And these are the memories that nobody can take away from you. You're running through with the ball and just hit it into the, to the side of the net. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Just there's there's probably a little that you can explain how it feels to to do that for your for your hometown club and the connection that you had because your old man had played. And that was unbelievable. The hair on the back of your neck stand up, parts. And I know it's probably. Nowadays you're in you're in the Dick Campbell era and your championship and all the rest of it, but what we did and what the budget that John McGlashan had in comparison to some of the other teams in that league and we managed to get promotion, it was phenomenal. And that is no an exaggeration. Players that mean you know, with respect to the players that when I came to the club, with respect to them. You know, my good friend Nicky Smith and um, young Terry Masson, Al Brazil, yeah. Jamie Bishop, Stephen Rennie. Um, you know, John wasn't blessed with a huge budget to go and get experience pros in. Um, Marco McCulloch, young um, young Marco McCulloch, Mark McCulloch, I don't know if you remember. Marco was probably the other, the other experienced season pro. Mm-hmm. Um, Marco had played a wee bit and he was good. But all in all, it was a young team. Um, Ronnie Black and Tosha Latley came back in. It was just unbelievable. Um, and then to go down to Strandar, leading, and then Tully, Tull's got sent off, I don't know if you remember, Fermer. Um, Craig Tully, two-footed jiu-jitsu lunge. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Ratley never forgave him for that. <laughs> Rats and Paul Lunen and these boys. But uh, Tull's two-footed, 25 minutes, half an hour into the game, down to 10 men, away to Strandar. Um, it would retire the best of us going to Strangar on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> horrific. But managing to get over the line, it was just, it was extraordinary. It was absolutely. And as I say, n- knowing what I know now, that I didn't know back then, but the tr- the challenges that John would have had with the, 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 the budget he had and the players and trying to get the players, it was, yeah, but nobody can take that away from you. No, that's, you're in the head of the You've ever watched the night out after it? Uh, I remember coming in Arbroath on a bus, but <laughs> <laughs> best nights. The best nights are the games when you did not mind. Absolutely, it was that was absolutely brilliant. Good, absolutely Good. brilliant. It was one of the best, one of my best experiences, and 
in football without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you put any footballs, um, it's absolutely brilliant, and, and you meet lots of great people. So, you know, lots of that team. You can go months and months without seeing, and then you just you bump into them or you arrange because we arranged a night out not long ago myself, Spanx, Rats, and Alan Ratney and, um, and whatnot in Dundee. And it's absolutely it's Gibby first class. Just you just fall back in. It's and anyone that's played football for a while will tell you. It's, I mean, it's just the same as a group of pals, but yeah. um, but the academy, the spirit, the banter, it was it was just incredible. But you meet a lot of good people. So like Sir Hizzy, Stephen Hislop, and Jamie Bishop. And, um, rats and, and all these guys you don't see them for a while and then you just catch up and the, the, the banner that you get in the football <laughs> it's, uh, it's, like, it's just you just you have to be thick-skinned oh because it's it's absolutely ruthless you get absolutely <laughs> destroyed <laughs> you can't hear everybody shouting the nearly everybody shouting the terrorism but in the dressing room yeah, you hear it it's it's and the majority of it's good. Um, it can, you know, I've seen fisted cuss and all the rest of it, but it, you know, most people just want. That's to usually just pink and dick having a go each other. Oh, yeah, they about before the two of them, but um, but no, it's it's good. It's really, really, it's, it's the experience. As I say, John, you don't you don't appreciate what you've done until you come out of it and you're in your attire, and then you look around and you see some real, real good quality players that, for whatever reason, don't quite make it to the levels, and then they, they drift out the game. He's only been playing for two, three, four years, and then he's drifted down and out. And for anyone, then become podcasters. <laughs> I think for anyone to play, like I know Ricky. Um, I remember Ricky starting at Queens Park, Ricky a little bit to play three hundred games for Arbroath. Yeah, take your hat off to that. Yeah. Um, at the best of time, but for where he commutes from, the commitment is extraordinary. Which brings us nicely on the Bobby Lynn testimonial update. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. Well, how to be? You might as sneak that in. I'm learning, I'm learning. Segway. 2nd October, so it's coming up near this Sunday, but next Sunday, it's a testimonial. And remember, pay at the gate, £10 for an adult, £5 for a bairn. Newbly, Ethan, Keith Gibson, Ryan McCord, Darren Jimison, Jason Thompson, James Cragen, I'm rattling off names here, I'm struggling with Stevie... Uh, Did I one out there? Stevie Doris. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Murray. I mean, look, what, what a team of greats. Uh, Mark Watley. Uh, oh, and a surprise couple of wee additions. The, the uh, Doc's playing, Craig Reynolds is playing. He's, he's once he'd been a centre-half, I think, centre-midfield, he says. That's good. And I met so come along. There's about seventy Barons playing a four a game and leading the players out. I mean, oh it's just can't wait. I'm, I'm now super excited. Yeah, Barry I? here, I'm gonna actually give Barry a, a compliment. His company, Astute, have been superb with their help. The kind of they are the social media posts and made the banners, which I'm probably gonna hang up before long. They've really done us really good. They've been superb. And, and I'm going to say it again, anything like that you're needing, go astute, printing, buy all that kind of stuff. It's not often a gear adverts, but to be fair to Barry, his team is doing brilliant. I can't mind the names, Paula and, what's it, the, the, Paula and Andy. Paula and Andy. Yeah. They've just been absolutely brilliant. 
and and a member of the committee and on behalf of Bobby, thanks for all the help. There's other folk. There's hospitality available. Can it sounds near at fifty quid, but for fifty quid you're getting three free drinks, you're upstairs in the comfort of the lounge. And it's no one two five. And it's a two course meal. It's superb and you get access to the players at the game. The hospital guests will get that as well. They'll get a little bit more on that. Uh, Alan Suter's apparently in the hospital lounge. We'll maybe get him to say hello. Uh, so, guys, 2nd of October. Sorry, it's an awful long thing, but it's coming up. Hospital man, great name. If anyone deserves it, it's Bobby. Oh, I mean, Bobby Lynn, what he's done for himself and for club. Bear in mind, that's the same wee guy. That when he first time I clap eyes on him, I went to clap his lug. He was playing for his fife and he gave us the burn. That's what he did. He, he was in a great game. Me caught him his hair and, and, and he, you can't have seen him, but he did that. And you got to admire him for that. Like, and, and we said in that day, again, I wish he was playing for us and I got our wish. Ten years later, he's here with, with Ricky Little and that. So he's like a fine wine, isn't he? He's gotten better, better with age. He's outrageous. Oh, he's he's, he's great. Texts me every day nowadays, like you can. He's just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I text him back. Like, also, what you will get the chance for all you guys that likes a wee gin. There's, I can reveal it now. There's a special edition of the Bobby Lynn gin <laughs> being made by Redcastle Gin. So there we go. They. What's the word I'm looking for? Nick commandeered. What is it? Com Nick commended either. Come on, help me. Come on, Nick. I need countdown ball in here. I got the right word. What do you call? What's the word? You're going to make you squirm. Oh. The coming in. coming in. There's a little wee personal message in the bottle. The Bobby there. So you'll be able to buy that through the Redcastle website so that's great also I've been telling the another plug the Arbroath online shop is coming on it actually comes out in the morning but you'll know okay in that because this will be on Friday so it comes out so yesterday <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit more complicated <laughs> <laughs> that's when you go if you're going to promote that just put this www what www.arbrothfc I forgot I forgot I forgot I forgot if you can go on to the Arbroath FC page you get the link for there there we go up there for thinking do you have fun well done Barry Sellers great player great captain promotion winning captain great coach great scout why are you sitting with zero points in our predictor league I'm not reading the script properly, am I? All the best lads have got zero points, Barry. Done it, took it perfectly, mate. We'll give you the chance to redeem yourself. We do this every minute. He shoots, he scores. Little quiz for you. Five questions, but a penalty shootout. Okay. Jamie and Farmer are the questionnaire today. <laughs> well, I've got, I'm going to pass it over to you, lads. I've got the five questions here. Go for it, then. Go for it. I've just got the bonus scene. Farmer may have the bonus scene. Uh, now, they might not be too accurate. <laughs> but we'll go for it right question one when we secured promotion on the last day of your first season in FIBA 97-98 who was it against and what was the score Queen's Park 1-0 Arbroath Craig Cooper penalty there we go 
Not bad, yeah. He's not bad, like. He's not bad. That's probably the only one I'll get. But <laughs> How many managers did you play under at Forfa? This is open to debate. Is that in, is that in, obviously in total for the whole... Everybody. Yeah, the whole time I was there. Oh, I think I got Ian McFeed's sack about two weeks after. <laughs> three, two, three, four, five. Boing. Six. Boing. Mm. Boing. I could, there's maybe, maybe six. Gonna have to hurry you, buddy. I've got seven. Seven? I'll list them. Yeah. You can argue with these. I don't obviously. Maybe I'll start that. Who cares? Uh, Neil Cooper. Yeah. Ray Stewart. Yeah. Ian Miller. No. Oh, you're not counting Ian Miller. He was Ray Stewart's assistant. And he, he maybe took over for the three months. Nice man. Nice man. Ryan Fairley. Yeah. Ray Far uh, Farningham. Yeah. George Shaw. And then the legend. I didn't play for George. Did you not? No. Because he took over a month before you left. I, I um, came back to sign for, for McGlash. John McGlash. And just Which annoyed you? Yeah. Well, I threw an extra name there, so we'll give him like what? Hit the post? <laughs> no, you want the post. <laughs> I think I've got yeah. like, that Yeah. Right, number three. What is the number of total appearances you and your father made for Adelaide? Oh no, I can't believe so, that. Where did they make it? Simple on, maths. It's on that. It's on that wall. It's on the wall. It's on the wall. Four hundred and. Is it 400 and... Is it 500? It's 500 and something, isn't it? And yeah. I think... How many did you do? I think it's debatable. <laughs> it's debatable. I had a strip on and how many I played on. <laughs> See if he's not sure how many games he's played or if he's struggled with it adding up. <laughs> I think it's adding up. <laughs> I think. No one played 300 and something. That. It was, I think it must be inclusive of everyone. It must have been about 200. So it must be 500 and odd, is it? That close enough? We'll give it to you if you, get, an odd number. If you, if you get within what 20? 20, 20. Yeah, yeah. Is it 500? And... I want to say I can't be. I think it finishes with a seven, does it? 500 and something, seven, five, 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 seven. Oh, you're dancing. Five, five, seven. That's just a 20. That's 22 out. <laughs> five, three, five. You're 185. That's outrageous. And your dad's 350. 350 games. That's incredible. Outrageous. Did you know you you were 185? No, in that ballpark. Is that is that starts or is that? That's it, mate. That's, that's what the club says anyway. Yeah. Appearances. That's that plastic. Appearances. 185. There was some of that in brackets for subs and. Aye, 30 news. Subs. 30 percent in English. 185. That wasn't bad. Actually, because for bakers. Now we got. Now this early played. Now this source is Eddie Gray, right? Okay. And he says from your first club. Big Ted. Um, he says, what's your favourite word you use when playing, coaching, talking, anything to do with football? <laughs> and they both said it. His assistant as well. What's his assistant's name again? David. David Stark. Yeah. Both of them said it in unison. Did they really? Yeah. Uh, he says, oh yeah. He says it all the time. <laughs> You'll know. It's no you want to be. Ruthless. That's mm -hmm. a fair comment, yeah. He says that constantly. Yeah. So what's, what's the score so far? Keeping track, JB? Nope. Yeah, no. one job this week, JB. So what is it? He's two. Because mm. we gave him one okay. and a half the post, mm. didn't he? I've got two bonus questions for him. Got one to go, last oh. one. Kelly. 
your ball and chain as an official FIPA ref. How many times has she given you the red card? <laughs> Is that daily, weekly, monthly? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> we, we plugged for um, Kelly's daughter Abby's um, on the women's FIFA list referee, and so she's following in her mother's footsteps. Oh, Phenomenal. She's coming up to 23 years old, and she's she's doing women's Champions League games, women's World Cup qualifiers. She's now stepping into the um, what call it category three, which means that she's doing the men's seniors. Now, so she was she was on the line down at Ann and East Fife last oh, week. Right. So you'll perhaps start to see Abby we'll coming see her on the telly soon, you? you will. I mean, she's yeah, I mean, she's she's very good. And and I, I used I used to be ever so frustrated with referees. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's, I bet it's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> It used to be very difficult <laughs> for other reasons. I'll, 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 I'll stop and I've got a great joke here for three minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> right, bonus questions. <clears throat> so, you're right on about awareness, Barry. Hmm. So, when you're going to your work in your morning, what sponsors are going to be just outside your work? <laughs> that about awareness. <laughs> Is that around about take me to McDonald's, fella? Aye. <laughs> it's near <no> McDonald's. <laughs> that really about takes you to McDonald's, it takes you right into your work. My sponsors it. I've seen it, but no, I would be lying if I, if I could tell you. I hope it's you that sponsors it. <laughs> no, it's me. <laughs> it's me. It's uh, Garmy's Ground Care and uh, AM Phillips. As the green. green yeah, yeah. With the Garmy's now that you say that. No. Eh? Now that you say that. Ah, that's right enough. And now everybody's just a wee bit on the truth to speak. Oh, yeah. See how good you are at the truth to speak. <laughs> just just that one question there that kind of involves. So, I'm going to ask you, Fitz Nicky Tams and Far would be wearing them and Far about would they wear them? And Fit would they wear them for? Can you repeat that? Yeah. <laughs> Fit are Nicky Tams, Far would wear them, and what are the four? Or fit are the four? We don't have a clue either, so they're... Fit are Nicky Tams, so you're bound to hear a lot of farmers speaking about Nicky Tams. Nicky Tams? Must be the... Must be the make of them, isn't it? You're right, you're right, because you're, you're usually not too bad at this kind of stuff, but... Must be fair, Well, it's, it's, it's to do with a farmer, alright? Nicky Tams, most... A lot of farm workers in Alden days used to wear Nicky Tams. I'm giving you clues here, like. Is it the bits? No, it's no bits, but. The hot? The gloves? No. No. No, the boiler suit, is it? No. It's plural, so it's got to be something like It's two of them, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Nicky Tams. I'll bet the listeners can it. There's boys out there, screaming at answer, doing it on the radio. It sends you way around below your knee to hug your breeks up. Its waistlets are stout. We used to wear below you like the had the breaks up out of the gutters, oh, out of the glass. A farmer would wear them and he would wear them in his legs. Mind, mind we, would, we would put one on when we had a bike. Well, that's when we were a bicycle clap. Be similar to that, is it? I'm for Skype, we used to just put one breaks inside with socks. <laughs> <laughs> Mother used to get, because mine, when I was a bear in white socks, was 
the the fashion. My white socks were made my right ear. I used to be black. You could have done that with the because of the flares. Aye, absolutely. You could have tucked that in. Aye, I mean, people used to think you had a big leg, like. Chopper. Aye, chopper, aye. Oh, I've never got bikes from that. And a grifter. Mm. My brother had a striker. I wish what he did. He used to... <laughs> 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 That's no bad, to be fair, Jamie, for you. You're finishing it off with a rant. What? <laughs> I was going to hear a rant. You did often. No, I, I think we didn't have time for a rant. It's not compulsive. I'm only here a rant, but I'll tell It's not so much a rant. I'm sick fed up with stewards. Stewards and shitey food. This sounds like a rant. No, it's not. I'm just saying, some of the stewards you get on the way grounds. You had an issue at Hamilton no long ago, did you? I wouldn't have. I well, me personally. Oh, you know, yeah. but, but some of the stewards. But stewards, you watch them. They're more concerned with looking along the line and walking up the stairs in a line and then coming back doing things. I mean, G4. Get what I mean? They can't even look after a prisoner in a fucking van. But the, the, the secret of good stewarding and looking after crowd control is communication and being nice with them. Brilliant steward there on Saturday at, uh, what was it, Saturday? Greenwich Morton, great steward and a good steward at Partick. All the rest of them have just been complete and utter numpties. And the other thing I'm fed up with, how's every other grand McGinkle? It's absolute garbage food and pies. And but they all say they've got good pies. Oh, then. I mean, some of that stuff, I actually bought myself new wheel. I hardly <laughs> eat it. Not the pints before the game. I hardly eat it grand's new because their stuff's new. You come to our broth now, our broth gives a good pie. Get enough food. Uh, get enough selection. I'm not a big fan of how you kind of get a plastic bottle in there. I can, it's because we've done a uh, behave ourselves and they get thrown about and stuff like that, you can, but then the the sit and then they open the lid and then they pour it. Jeez, oh, you can, you've got a short time. Pints are hang so that it's what Fouts got. Then I have stuff at £2.90. So you've got to get £10. Muck it £3. Bang, there you go. Muck it simple. Life has got to be simple. Get the stewards to be nice and control crowds and do their job. And that is my rant. And it's not a rant, it's just an observation. It's the rant is not rant I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, that was the non-rant. Right, I hope my son's listening to this because he's a steward in Edinburgh at the games. <laughs> so there you go. For G. What is he? Edinburgh what? G4. Oh, G4. I mean, G4. That's like picking berries for a different company for us. <laughs> it just didn't work. <laughs> He gets paid decent money, so... Does he do the football, Jamie? He does the money, he does money field, football. You get a list and then you choose which ones you can go to. So apparently, that's what he's doing. Does he hit a walk up and do the stairs? That's, they get trained. Do you see them back, no? <laughs> they get trained. I'm going to give him a photo of you. Mate, Grunt has got a photo of you on the I'll tell you another one, just a Greenwich Morton. Need none of time again to get in there. That turnstiles is not very big. They're almost a hollow style. Aye, that's the turnstiles. Oh no, I tell you, turnstiles issue is it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm moving through these that are broad yet. I hope they're better. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. They've got a double gate for you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anything left from you, Jimmy? Oh, Done. Good. Farmer. Done. 
No, I'd just like to say thanks to Barry for coming. Absolutely. Really He's enjoyed great. it. Great, some brilliant insight from a lot of different areas of football. So thank you very much, Barry, for, for uh, coming on. Hey, thanks, Barry. Do you yeah. want to close the show with a song, though? Whoa. <laughs> well, simply the best. <laughs> Can't do that. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. Good night, God bless. We'll see you Saturday. See you later, guys.